Hi, and welcome to another episode of Imperfect Me Women. Today's episode is from Amy D. And her story is beautiful and amazing. And I'm so excited for you guys to hear about her journey of self-acceptance and uh, self-love after going through some fairly traumatic experiences that I know that many of you will be able to relate to. Uh, Something to keep in mind about this episode is for whatever reason while we were recording, even though I didn't hear any uh, audio issues while we were recording, as I went to edit it, I realized that on Amy's track, for some reason, there was a little bit of a feedback issue. So I have done my best to minimize that, but you will still hear some imperfections in the audio track, unfortunately. And it was the best I could do. I, I wanted to get her story out there and still let you guys be able to hear it and connect to it. And I think that that will still be possible based on the audio that I've been able to get together. So hopefully it's not too distracting and you can really absorb and hear the power of her story. And if the audio happens to be a little too distracting, I'm going to do something different with this episode. I'm actually transcribing it to full text. So I will also be publishing that on my website and in the show notes if possible. I'm not sure if there's a limited amount of room that I have there, but if there is room, then I'll be publishing the entire transcript in the show notes for this episode and also on my website and you can find it under the podcast tab. So keep a lookout for that within the next week or so. And I will have that up and running as well. Cause I really, I, I really want to do her story justice and, and I feel like I want to give everybody the option of being able to hear it and uh, experience it for themselves. So without further ado, here is Amy's story. is a classical metal hybrid mezzo-soprano that regularly nerds out on all things choir, social media marketing, live music, local community engagement, and simply being a potato on her nights with a, in with a glass of wine. She's a woman with many artistic hats, choir manager, arts administrator, digital marketer, and strives to enhance the local music scene in Ottawa. You can find her rocking out to her favorite bands on the weekends, taking a walk around the beautiful city of Ottawa, or rehearsing extensively for an upcoming concert with her choir family. It never stops for her. While she loves me time, Amy is a strong believer in people and their passions. What makes someone light up with a huge dumb smile? She wants to know. Embrace who you are always. I love that. Both the (laughs) fact that it's so inspirational and also that we kind of get to know more about who you are and your personality and all of that. Well, thank you. I, I'm so happy that you made that post and uh, my colleague messaged me. She said, you have to do this. So I did not hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm so, I'm always so grateful for the privilege to be able to meet new women and get to know their mm-hmm. stories and the willingness that you have to share that. So I really and appreciate, I appreciate that. what you're doing. I was looking on your website and I absolutely love what's going on. And I, I've been basically singing your praises and telling all my friends, I'm going on this podcast, you have to sign up. And I think uh, one of my colleagues actually did sign up, you'll probably be uh, 
setting something up with her very soon. So I'm excited to hear back on her experience as well. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I mean, for those listening, I'm always looking for women who are willing to share their stories. So don't hesitate to reach out if if it's something that you feel like you want to do. And I'm always happy to talk and get that going. So um, speaking of stories, I know that you have a story to share with us today. So I don't want to take any more time away from that. And you can just kind of go ahead and start wherever you want to with that. Perfect. Well, thank you. And um, so despite my bio and being a huge music nerd, there's a side of me that not many people know about, actually. Um, quite a few handful uh, know about my history. And uh, it's not something that I, you know, will just blurt out <laughs> in, uh, in casual conversation. But uh, mm-hmm. it's something that's important to me and what I'm trying to uh, promote in terms of body positivity and just just plain and simple loving yourself and so I wanted to talk about my journey on how I got there which is incredibly important I think for readers so um, those that are listening tonight whether it be some of my friends and family members were probably going to hear this for the first time ever and see this different side of me that um, shaped who I am today so um, so it, it is a little bit of a <laughs> a dark story but um, I think I think it's important to have a platform to talk about it and mm-hmm. I hope that uh, it helps people and I, ha- I hope it helps the listeners um, so I'll just I'll just come out with it um, when I was five years old, I was uh, sexually assaulted, and uh, it was by a trusted friend where I I was so young, I had no idea what was going Mm. on, Um, and I won't go into the details, but uh, our neighborhood was very, very, very close. All the neighbors were friends with each other, all the kids were around the same age, and we always just uh, had movie nights uh, at one or the other's houses and we'd all have sleepovers and whatnot and uh, there was an individual who basically babysat us uh, while the others were uh, while the parents were out kind of around the bonfire and but he he just chose to um, stay back and just make sure everything was okay and then uh, you can imagine what happened from there I was taken Mm -hmm. to a private room and this awful experience unfolded and like I said, I was five years old. I had no idea what was going on. And so immediately after what happened, I I had no idea how to act. I didn't know how to process what just happened. Yeah. And so I just, my mom was my rock. Uh, I trusted her with my life. Um, her and I had a really close relationship. And I just immediately ran downstairs and I called for my mom and I told her what happened without even realizing how serious it was. I just said, Hey mom, um, this just happened. And I just wanted to let you know. And she, of course, freaked out and next thing you know there's yeah next thing you know there's mm-hmm. there's cops at the house all the neighbors are were had to leave the house and some were questioned and um right. and I, I believe now my parents separated me as far as away from the individual as they could um and so I have no idea what happened to him I'm assuming they escorted him to jail and for questioning and what happened was again, so young, had no idea what was going on with me. And 
and how to process what happened. And me and my brother, we were taken into rooms uh, with our parents to be interviewed by prosec- not prosecutors, but detectives and, and police officers. And they were very good with with this the um, the mm-hmm. circumstance of me being so young and not understanding what was going on. That um, they had a police officer there, officer there with me, and she was amazing. Um, Right. It was a female police officer who basically coached and counseled my mom and I throughout this whole process. And I remember distinctively getting a, a white teddy bear dressed as a police officer. And it was the softest thing I've ever had. And mm. I named her Connie after the police officer. And I still have that bear uh, with me today. And it reminds me of what happened and to not be um, identified mm-hmm. by what that what happened to me when I was young, to not let it be a part of me as a woman. And for the longest time, I just never again understood what happened. And as I got older, of course, you know, hearing all these things on TV and in the movies, it said, "Wait a sec, did this happen to me?" And yeah, it did. Wow. And it was it was quite a shock. I couldn't believe that I was just so absent-minded about everything. And I said, Amy, listen, right. <laughs> you were five years old. How could you possibly understand? You know, you, you had no idea what any kind of sexual experience was. You're so young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that led into many things throughout my teen years and in my young adult years where uh, it led to another situation. Um, so to give you a bit of context, my mother right. at the time, since I was three years old, was married to my stepdad and him and I, I was a daddy's girl. Him and I were super close as well. He protected me. He raised me and, and it was amazing. We had a beautiful bond. And then uh, throughout my teen years, I noticed that all my boyfriends, I felt like I felt very distant. I felt very um, unsure about how to act given, you know, the previous experience mm-hmm. when I was five and just, I felt like I had no idea how to act. And of course, I know everyone in their teen years is, is you know, getting to know themselves and, you know, what are these new feelings and, and emotions? And of course, it's everyone is going through that learning curve. Um, I felt like it was just so much deeper for me. Like, I, I you could say I had existential crises almost every day, mm-hmm. <laughs> just questioning everything and just, am I doing it right? Am I doing this wrong? Does this person like me? And do they know about my past? I don't know. Right. Um, and then by the time I was 21, I noticed that, well, at the time I was in a long-term relationship and it was going really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, this person was my rock and felt like, you know what? I, I think I'm deserving of love and I fully embraced it. It was great. And then I noticed that my mother and my stepfather were quite distant. They weren't as loving and close Um, And it was very confusing to me because I always saw them as such a positive light. And part of me wanted to just dig it up, put it away inside and not Mm -hmm. think about it. And then the other part of me says I should maybe check in and see if they're okay. And at that point, I'm a young adult. I I think it's my right to know what's going on. Um, So I went to a trip uh, to Italy for a week. And it was was life-changing in many ways. Life-changing in the sense that I was traveling alone and got to explore the world and, and all the culture that exists today. 
And then at the same Mm -hmm. time, I came home to awful, awful news. Um, While I was away in Italy, my stepdad uh, basically separated from my mother. And it was the worst news to come home to. My mom was an absolute wreck. I have never seen her like that in my entire life. And I basically put away my Mm -hmm. emotions and everything that we've been through together aside just to take care of her. I became her rock as she became my rock in my time of need. And I thought, I have to take care of her. She's in distress. I was unknowingly in distress at five years old. It's my turn to take care of her. Now, unfortunately, what came with that was I was stuck in the middle. I absolutely loved my stepdad. He raised me. And so I wanted him to be able to confide in me and say, what the hell happened? What's going on? And, you know, a lot of the family was kind of um, uh, relying on me to make this work, which Mm -hmm. felt like a lot of pressure. And, And I remember my grandmother just said it straight up in front of me. She said, Amy could save all of this. And I thought, whoa, (laughs) hang on a sec. (laughs) But you know what? I tried my best and I confronted him. And I said, dad, listen, what's going on? Are you having an affair? Are are you seeing someone? Mm -hmm. Did you just simply fall out of love? Like something has triggered this. What happened? And when I told him straight up, are you having an affair? He was so shocked that I even dared ask that question. And I thought, well, then he couldn't possibly have done that then because Mm -hmm. he was so insulted that I even bothered to ask that. And he said, no, 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 no. I just, it's just not working for me anymore. And I said, okay, I, I'm going to trust you on this. A couple of weeks later, you know, we still maintained contact. I, I was living I was living on my own at the time, but I did stay uh, for the week just to take care of my mom and, you know, try to keep things going, I guess. And she, she was a mess. Um, She didn't know what Mm -hmm. to believe. And so I, I later found out that she found a book in his bag that confirmed her fears. And I don't quote me on this, but the title was something along the lines of what to do when you're cheating on your partner. It was something along Mm -hmm. those lines. And I thought, oh, my God, he lied to me. He lied. My most trusted father figure lied to me. And it was so believable. Oh, my gosh, Callan, it was so believable. You would have never thought that he was lying. And uh, so from there, I said, Mom, are you sure? Are you sure? And she, she talked to some of his friends, and they confirmed that her whole 19 year marriage was a sham. It was a, it was a joke. Oh my uh, gosh. He had, yeah, it was countless affair after affair after affair. And this man just could not own up to it and be truthful. Um, I don't know if it was out of fear, out of cowardice. I, I'm not sure what, it, it's almost as if he didn't believe it himself. He was so brainwashed. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. he had separated it so much in his mind that mm-hmm. he was just living two different lives that didn't. Oh, connect. absolutely. 100%. He had one life at home with us and what I thought was a very healthy family unit. And then this other side, he was at work and doing all those things and sleeping with, um, sleeping with coworkers and whatnot. And it turns out he actually got the woman pregnant. And she was expecting. 
so there's this the whole thing and my mother was just crushed and uh i was crushed mainly because my most trusted figure you know lied to me he he betrayed me in every way possible and from there just thought how in the hell can i trust another man that i believed could lie to me like that any other man can do it and that led to me just being very mm-hmm. unfair to the men I dated because I felt they owed me their trust. I felt like they had to prove it to me because I was so screwed up at that point. And that affected the way I saw myself, how I saw others. And I was very bitter and I never got closure. I never ever got closure with my, uh, what, who I call now my ex-stepfather. And so he still reaches out to me this day. And I'm, I've talked to a couple of people this, I'm mm-hmm. saying, I don't even know what to do. Like, it's been so long now. It's been almost, it, it's been nine years actually. And still haven't, I still don't have the courage, but I think it's something that uh, will become clear in time, even nine years later. <laughs> Uh, for something to tackle and get the proper closure that I deserve. But for right now, it's uh, it, it definitely um, made me learn a lot about myself. Uh, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, the events that led to that was how I viewed myself. I, I, I viewed myself, you know, if any man can trust, if, if I can't trust any man, then I should... Gosh, it's so it's so hard to explain, but right. I tried so hard to look good and go out of my way to please the men so that they would be faithful to me. And I turned into someone completely different from myself. I you know, this and Tinder became a thing and I just I just lied about everything. I you know, they'd say they were into basketball and I'm like, you know, in my head I don't know the first thing about basketball. Mm-hmm. But then I would just go and Google like a random team and just make a conversation out of it and totally not being myself. And I thought, wow, like why am I doing this? To make him happy? Yeah. That was essentially what I was doing to all my potential Tinder dates and I forgot who I was mentally and physically. I look in the mirror and I would Every day was different. Every day I would see a skinny mm-hmm. person um, with a certain outfit that I would wear and say, I look hot. I look good. And then the next day I'd see a photo of me tagged from friends and I'd be like, wow, do I really look like that? I am a freaking whale. Like I was so, my vision of myself was so skewed and I was completely clueless, completely clueless of who I was as a person and, and how I looked physically. And this is not a, this is not me, you know, mm-hmm. shitting on my mother, but cause I love her so much, but she, she dealt with um, being overweight. Most of her adult life, she, she was a model actually in her uh, late teens, early twenties. And then when she gained the weight, it was really, really hard for her to accept the body that she has now. And, during the time of the divorce, she worked really hard to lose the weight and she looked amazing and she's always looked amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but during the time of her weight struggle, I remember always being in the car or shopping with her and she'd always ask me, do I look like her? Am I like her shape? Do I look like this person? What about my hair Does, or these pants? And I was always honest with her. I tried to be honest with her, but I can see that she was constantly comparing herself to others. And in a way that kind of filtered into my brain where I was constantly comparing myself to others. If I looked like her, then 
the men Mm. wouldn't leave me and so I kind of just set up this really odd shifting image of myself and it came the time around um I have to say my late Mm -hmm. 20s about about 27 28 whenever I I broke up with my most recent long-term relationship was where I was transitioning into this new life of singledom and I said you know what this is an opportunity for me to finally be who I am and not lie to people anymore to try and impress them and gain their trust and have them never leave me. That was my whole mentality throughout most of my late teens and and 20s. And it it was quite an adjustment living on my own, being independent, both um, financially and emotionally. Uh, I was in this whole routine of Mm -hmm. being in long-term relationships where um, I was comfortable. I was comfortable in my, in my living habits and being with someone that I could never imagine being on my own. I was always kind of identifying myself as, uh, the girlfriend, you know, and never just me. This is Amy. Kind of running away from your own identity with that. Exactly. Exactly. It was so skewed. I had no idea like what I was doing. And so uh, when I finally moved into my own place, I decided that, yes, I will casually date, but I also need to balance time for myself and really get to know myself. And at that time, I was I was training at the gym quite hard. So my self-esteem was definitely building and and I felt really good about myself. But again, I look in the mirror and, and every day would see something different. And if I see any tagged photos in myself, I'd be like, wow, like, again, is that what I really look like? And, you know, a lot of tears and Mm -hmm. (laughs) therapy later, I realized that why am I so hard on myself? It, it, It makes no sense on why I'm so hard on myself and comparing myself to others all the time. What about me? What do I like? And I learned that through meeting other people, believe it or not. I mm-hmm. met the right friends. I met the right um, men. Uh, I'd go on dates and a lot of them became my really, really close friends. It was kind of amazing. Um, what <laughs> The miracles of Tinder, hey? <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it all worked out, actually. Oh, yeah. It, it And I was getting back into the metal scene because, again, I've lost myself completely uh during my 20s that I forgot all the things that I loved because I was working so hard to make the others happy and from there I said you know what I'm gonna go to a metal show I want to integrate myself back into the community because it's what I love and I love the people also side note metalheads are the nicest people you'll ever meet (laughs) just saying (laughs) (laughs) they are so nice yeah some of the most genuine kind people you'll ever meet and from there, I just started meeting more people, and they liked me for me, not this idea of me and what I supposedly said I liked. And it was really amazing to just have authentic friends pairing with me as my authentic self. And from there, I said, I deserve this. Mm-hmm. I, I deserve to be happy. I deserve to love myself and accept the curves, accept the acne scars, accept uh, the cellulite, except, um, my weird nose and just say, listen, girl, (laughs) this is the body you have. You can treat it well. 
or you can treat it like it's a piece of shit. Um, and I know this sounds so cliche, but like you have mm-hmm. one life and you really need to make the best of it. And I was just so tired of not being true to myself. And from there, I would go into changing rooms. I would look at the size of the pants and I'd be like, whatever, man, (laughs) put it on. And I felt amazing if I was a size and and you know how stores are, Mm -hmm. right? You go into some stores where you're a size eight and others you're a size 14. It just makes no sense. (laughs) And that was, that was another saving grace that helped me is that it's not me. It really is, um, stores and their sizing shenanigans that I just don't understand. You know what? Does it fit? Does it, hug my curves in the right places great let's get them (laughs) and from there it helped me realize that I'm not just a number on a pan size I'm a darn person and I'm a good person at that and it started to make me um, see myself clearly in the mirror every day and you know we're human We, we still have days where we feel like a bag of garbage you know but other but most days now I feel pretty amazing and from there I'm being authentic right off the bat with people that I meet male female new friends new co-workers um anyone really my family and it, it feels so good and of course people are going to come back to you with very strong opinions and for me mm-hmm. I just said you know what like for once in my life I'm embracing who I am and I really need you to appreciate that and so now I'm mm-hmm. just making all these choices in my life that I feel so good and then I'm taking a step forward and so what I've started doing was I applied for this ambassador program um, of a boudoir photographer, uh, Miguel Lalonde. Uh, he has a side project called Shamelessly Raw, and it celebrates women's bodies, confidence, and, and just loving themselves. And so I applied to be a, an ambassador for this project. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, he messaged me and said, I think you're perfect for this. And I thought that really? Yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't That's believe awesome. it. I guess I wrote a pretty compelling application, but said, you know what, I'll just go for it. I mean, what have I got to lose? So we booked my first shoot and I saw the photos after and I said, damn girl. <laughs> I, I was like, I, I had no idea that I looked like that. <laughs> after all of these years, I finally saw myself in clear, <laughs> clear, clear, clear focus, how beautiful I am as a person and that I don't, I don't need, mm-hmm. um, I don't need to earn men's trust. I don't need, I don't owe anyone anything except myself. I, I owe it to myself to, to embrace my body and screw all right. the people that made me feel less than that or have taken advantage of me. Um, and so it just felt really, really good. And so what I've been doing now on, on Instagram is promoting body positivity. Uh, I have two accounts. One is personal and the other is more for business because I work under two niches. Uh, and so that one is, is uh, mm-hmm. body positivity focus. And also uh, I'm looking at my feed these days and I'm like, wow. I'm so true to myself. I, I love it so much. And the feedback I get from my followers is, is amazing. They're, I, I guess you could say I inspire them. And I want to keep doing that because 
seeing me, uh, hearing that I help them mm-hmm. makes me feel really, really good about myself and what I've accomplished as a woman. And right. I, I can't wait to see uh, what unfolds from that even more. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's such a such an inspirational journey that you've taken. And it seems like really when you started to be able to see the inside of yourself in a more positive light and really Mm -hmm. get to know who you are, that that expression translated into the outside. Mm -hmm. And like, it makes me wonder looking at those pictures, probably not a lot had changed about your actual body, but your perspective about who you are was so much truer Mm -hmm. to the person on the outside. Like those were finally matched for you after all that time. It all came together. And I imagine that was a very relieving and empowering feeling. 100%. I never felt more in tune with myself. And I'm 30 and it took me this long to get here. Um, and I'm very proud of myself for where I've, mm-hmm. I've landed. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And that you're paying it forward by helping other people be able to find themselves as well. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah. So I wanted to ask a little bit more about how, because you touched on it a little bit about how there's a little bit of resistance with um, other people around you when you started to kind of set those boundaries and really start to discover what you wanted for yourself. I think that's a very Mm -hmm. common thing that happens when people like you wake up, you're like, okay, today's the day I'm going to be better at boundary setting. I'm going to be better at figuring myself out. And then you start and you're feeling good about it. And then all of a sudden, all the people around you get uncomfortable with that because they're not used to you saying no, and they're not used to you Mm -hmm. being your own person. Um, So there's some resistance there. So how did you handle that with people? Well, I got to say, I had to justify myself. um, And I wanted I wanted them to give me the platform to give them context. Now, of course, um, I wouldn't go into detail, but I would explain to them that, you know, given everything I've been through, I'm finally embracing who I am. And from there, it kind of clicked with them that, okay, you know, a lot of people make assumptions like, oh, looks like she's in her party phase or she's lashing out or she's doing all these crazy things Mm -hmm. that I've never seen her do. And I just said, listen, I I need you to be there for me. I need you to embrace who I am because I've been hiding it my whole life. And so I don't hesitate to explain to them my Mm -hmm. journey in all of this um, because I think it's important for them to understand and get perspective, especially uh, some of my older colleagues, uh, friends, family, and whatnot. Um, But overall, they've been pretty supportive. Um, My mother, she, (laughs) I got my septum pierced and she's like, whoa. (laughs) She's like, this whole new side of you is coming out. And I said, listen, uh, this is who I am and I'm finally being myself. And she's like, you know what? Like, I think that's, that's really great. And she's been really, really good with that. But I did, I did notice a couple of people that say, I didn't know you're into metal. I didn't know Mm -hmm. that you had this many tattoos. And I'd say, well, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah me neither yeah yeah it's pretty amazing but yeah of course you know with the resistance um you just have to be strong throughout it all and just remember to uh self-talk that is a big thing for me um I actually have um Mm -hmm. on my on my mirror I have it written out lipstick you are beautiful so I see it every morning when I get up and 
it makes me feel really good because sometimes getting up in the morning can be a real struggle for some, um, myself included. Mm-hmm. And I think self-talk, the best time to self-talk is in the shower, actually. <laughs> Even if you, it's, it is the best time for me. Like I just, I just think about what I need to do throughout the day. And then if I start freaking out, I tell myself, you're fine. You'll be, you'll be okay. You're beautiful. You're smart. You, you are a genuine kind person. Just go with the flow and you'll be okay. And I take deep breaths Mm. and just, I try to just move on with the day. And when I, when I tell myself, I don't know if I'm going to get through the day. I reduce it to an hour. I say, let's get through the next hour mm-hmm. and go from there. Um, and so that uh, really helps me um, stay strong in all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like you were tapping more into the the confident kind of coach side of yourself where there's yes. that's probably a part that's been there this whole time. It has just been really quiet mm-hmm. up until now where it just took you a while Big to time. really learn how to listen to that voice and like the and trust that that voice had your best interest rather than all the, the other voices mm-hmm. you're hearing from all of these other people out there. And so mm-hmm. I love that. I love being able to, to listen to the positive self-talk and the, and the confident side of yourself, even when all of the other, maybe the other parts of yourself aren't quite as confident. Yeah, it's it's so important to hold on to that. And I there was a quote that Chelsea Handler um, talked about in one of her interviews, and I thought it was the most amazing thing. She talks about um, when she, early in her uh, comedy career, uh, her and her friend were, were both doing and whatnot. And she her friend actually got an amazing deal, I guess, with a with a comedy company and Chelsea in her head was like why why would she get it I'm so much better than her and, and she didn't mean to say it in a rude way in her head but mm-hmm. she but she knew in her heart that I, I have more talent than this this person so why was I not reached out right and she realized throughout her life that um there is space for you there is space for everyone and we just have to be patient with ourselves and and embrace the space that we are in. Our time will come when we have that spotlight. And so her quote really stood out to me. And when I do have friends that reach out to me feeling like they're imposters in this world or that they're they're screwing up everything, I say to them, quoting Chelsea Handler, there is space for you. And mm-hmm. that it just, it resonates with me on so many levels. And so I try to pass on the good word and, and try to help those people, even if it's just yeah. sitting there and having them cry on my shoulder and not saying anything to just taking out, taking them out for drinks and letting them vent. It's incredibly important. And that's where I learned to love people again, you know, having the, my, my trust being betrayed by my closest person uh, to me realizing that people are good out there. Um, everyone deserves a blank mm-hmm. page. Everyone deserves a space in this world. And that's where I found that with myself. There, I have a space for myself. I love it. I embrace it. And I want to share it with the world. Uh, I love that phrase. I think I'm going to have to 
take that and just like keep it in my heart always because I just think that that's such a wonderful way to put it um that there's space there's Mm -hmm. space for you to be who you are and you don't have to try to fit into anybody else's space that's exactly it that's exactly it I'm trying to find the quote because it was so it was so so good Mm -hmm. um it's from an L article if I can find it here and I'm almost there, I promise. Oh, you're fine. So uh, <laughs> so this is what um, her advice is. Quote, that's a natural feeling. You can't stop yourself from feeling that way. And you've told me, so you told someone else, and you don't need to tell anyone else. You can't ever act on jealousy. But you have to understand that what you have is completely different than what your friend has. What you have, no one else has. So there is, there will be a place for you. Don't think that someone got something that you're not going to get something else. There's room for everybody. There's always a space mm-hmm. for you because there's no one that's exactly like you. I never, ever blow out someone else's candle to make mine brighter. Unquote. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Amazing. Ah, She's amazing. And uh, that's basically been my, my life mo- motto ever since. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. I, I think that's beautiful and perfect for people who are going through similar situations like you have where Mm -hmm. they're really trying to Mm -hmm. discover themselves. It makes it so um, simple, but also Mm -hmm. really profound and true. Some deep stuff. Hey, (laughs) but, but thank you. I, yeah, it's definitely um, a part of me at this point and I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Well, so kind of um, wrapping up our episode here, I wanted to ask Mm -hmm. a question that I frequently ask pretty much everyone I interview, which is if there Mm -hmm. is somebody who's listening right now who's going through something similar to you, maybe they're trying to set some boundaries that are hard to set or rediscover themselves or discover themselves for the first time, what do you think would be a good, helpful first step in that? It's not super overwhelming, but something more simple and available Mm -hmm. to them. I think it's important for them to recognize their support system. Um, I do have a couple of friends who are going through a really hard time and I can't imagine their, their emotions and their feelings. I have, I have a friend that's going through a really nasty divorce and really is, is having a hard time taking that big leap in, in separating themselves from it entirely, but they're so absorbed in it that they have no idea what to do. And I, mm-hmm. and I tell them, know your support system. You're going to have to make a rash decision. You're going to have to make a bold move and whatever the other person throws at you, whatever right. anyone throws at you, be ready and know that you have people there to support you and that you can turn to because we'll always be there. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice to, because you're going to always need those people mm-hmm. when you're struggling to start the new you mm-hmm. that you can fall mm-hmm. back on. And that will keep helping you not just stay in that same place, but push you forward at the same time as being compassionate and understanding to the struggle. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And when you don't know the facts of certain things, you're in this limbo where you're overthinking, you're analyzing everything that you do, and it just eats away at you. Uh, and so I often have to remind them that you don't know the facts. You don't know that this is going to happen yet. 
So just, mm-hmm. just ha- you have us to turn to. And when you have the facts, you'll be able to make a decision from there. You'll be able to handle it as it comes to you. So if you, if you're, if you're sitting there with this huge weight on your shoulders without any facts and you're, you're, you're asking yourself a million questions, your mind is going a million miles per minute, just, just, and sometimes it helps me write it down, um, what I'm going through. And then what I do mm-hmm. is, is kind of a, I'm kind of just rationalizing everything. And so, so with that, um, know your support system check your facts, know what you believe in, go with your gut instinct and just believe in yourself throughout the whole process. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for once again, for being willing to share your story. I really, it is such a privilege to be able to share a piece of, of women's lives that often, like you said, they haven't really even talked to other people Mm -hmm. about, but want to share with the world because it can be helpful to know like the whole purpose of this podcast is to know that you're not alone in your struggle and that other people are going through Mm -hmm. people that you meet on the street are going through similar things to you. And so I really appreciate, appreciate your Mm -hmm. willingness to um, normalize the struggles that you've been through and also inspire people through the ways that Mm -hmm. you have overcome those and grown through those. Well, I really appreciate you having me on here. I feel like this is probably the first time I am sharing this whole life story with someone. And uh, I'm really, really happy that I had the opportunity to tell it. Well, I will definitely be linking your um, Instagram accounts. And also Mm -hmm. I'll put that quote with the appropriate, um, all the credentialing and everything, but I will definitely put that in there Mm -hmm. so that any of any people who would like to follow Amy's um, journey and also kind of get to know more about her, you're welcome to go visit the show notes and learn more about her. And once again, just thank you so much. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. And uh, this won't be the last time we'll be chatting because you are also an amazing person. I love what you're doing and just Keep on doing you and don't change. (laughs) Thank you. So wasn't that an amazing story? (laughs) I really enjoyed going back and listening to that. It's been a little while since we recorded it and it inspired me all over again. I am so, so grateful that she was willing to share her story with all of us and, um, that you were able to hear it. So once again, if, uh, you want to to go back and read it, then I will have the full transcript available within the next week or so. And I will also have all of those things that were mentioned in the episode in the show notes as well. So um, just to keep in mind, I will have one more episode. I'm doing kind of a special thing for my next episode, which is... uh, to be determined and announced later, but I will have one more episode in two weeks. And then after that, I am actually due with my fourth baby coming up here in about a month. And so I'm going to take some time off. It's not an official break of seasons. I'm going to stay with season two, but it'll be a couple of months of a break before I publish my next episode. So I'm thinking probably, um, December and January, I'm going to take off and then hopefully get some more episodes going as of February. So 
hopefully that's not too long of a wait for you and you guys will be patient with me as I settle into being a mom of four. Um, and I am just, I am so grateful that I have this opportunity to be on a podcast and hear all of these amazing women's stories. If you have stories, I will still be conducting interviews. Uh, I mean, as much as I can during that time. So if you have a story that you want to share, please don't hesitate to reach out. I've had a couple of people reach out just recently and I, I always love that. (laughs) It's always a, a treat for me to be able to meet new people and set up interview times with them so that they can share their stories and keep in mind that no story is too small or insignificant. And, um, I love to share a whole wide range of things on here because I think the more of a range, the better chance of being able to connect with somebody who's listening. And that's what this is all about. So if you have a story, you can reach me at my website, www.imperfectmewomen.com. That's also where you'll find the transcript from this episode. And, um, you can also reach me on Instagram and Facebook under the handle Imperfect Me Women. So any of those ways are a great way to reach out to me. And I appreciate you listening and bearing with uh, the various imperfections associated with this podcast and this experience. But hopefully it's something that's inspirational and helpful to each of you. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye.